Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. All right, welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. We are here to give you a continuing um, insight and help and understanding about why leaders fail. That's what we're going to be talking today about. And I'm here with my partner, Rich Barron. I'm Michael Bailey. Yep. And we've got why leaders fail. Reason number three, why leaders fail and managers fail is leaders and managers don't live the core values. There's hypocrisy there. There's duplicity. There's double play. There's unfairness. There's politics. There's all sorts of reasons why leaders sometimes feel like they don't have to. They're favorites, you know, or they're special, so they don't have to. So that's so that lack of uh, authenticity, that lack of your word integrity that we talked about here just a moment ago, that really sets up a real dissonance and irritation inside employees. And, well, what's going on? Why do they want us to do it? But they're obviously not doing it and all that kind of stuff. So let's dive in here. What is what's your thoughts on this here, Rich? Well, I think it comes back to some of the, the opinion of do what I say, not what I do type thing. Um so there's, I mean, this goes back to that that survey that we're going to talk about. And I think it's probably, let me tell, I'll tell you what, let me share my screen and let's just jump right into sure. it. Okay. All right. So yeah, back to uh, reason number three, why leaders and managers fell. Um, so moving on, this is all... Everything we've been talking about, Michael, is based on that MIT, SMR, and the Glassdoor culture survey that um, had 1.4 million employee reviews in it. And it, it, it was based on the top 10 reasons why organizations, why employees feel the organizations fell and why leaders fell. So here's some startling it's facts. That, and it's about. not just that they failed. Yeah, that they create this huge disconnection for the employees. And it's about trust and it's about believing and it's about being honest and, and, you know, forthright and transparent and all that stuff. You do that. You don't live your values that all that's just out the window means nothing means absolutely means absolutely nothing. You are flapping your gums. Yep. Absolutely. Well, here's the thing. This is the number three reason. Out of those 10 reasons, Michael, that employees uh, in, in this survey felt the organizational culture and leaders fell. And, you know, this is a big one. 7.3 times an indicator 
of why employees sink in organizations, culture, and their leaders fell. 7.3 times. You know, the, we went back to the first one. Well, support was second, and respect was, was number one. But this is number three, and it's still incredibly high on the list as far as, uh, you know, an indicator of why employees struggle with this. Here's some of the things that that survey shows, Michael. Surveys show that employees are generally cynical about organizations' core value statements and don't expect leaders to live up to these values. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a sad statement in and of its own because it's pathetic. It's pathetic. It's a general, I mean, it's a general statement on here, but it was something that came across time and time and time again. They're cynical. They no, really don't believe it that you're going that these leaders will live up to these values regardless of what they are. This is this is like the back in the day with Covey was going out talking about mission statements. Everybody, you know, all the businesses got their mission statements and they got you know da, 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 announcement, put it on the wall. Everybody can come and see it. And after that, it was an, it just a big nothing burger. Nobody paid any attention to it. It just didn't mean one doggone thing. And now this is the latest version of that. Get your values. Get your values for your organization. Yeah. And make, you got them. No, they mean it means nothing. It's not even worth the paper it's printed on. It's not even worth the cardboard that you put it up and hang up on the wall. If you're not actually living these things, if you don't see, see, that's the interesting thing about us human beings. You know, this is this is really interesting. We can tell almost instantaneously when somebody is out of sync with their values. We can yes. tell almost instantaneously. If somebody's being inauthentic, they're lying to us, they're being duplicitous. There's something in our gut that just says, eh, there's something off here. There's something wrong. This is not really right. You, it's, you like, you know, uh, was, you know, President Lincoln said, you can fool some of the, all, all the people. So some of the people, all the people, some of the time, some of the people all, all the time, but there's, you can't fool all the people all the time. That's just the truth. Right. People will pick up on it. And if you think, if you're one of those smarty pants leaders, think <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that you could be duplicitous and sneaky that you're you're smarter than everybody i'll say you know what you just wait buddy time's a coming time's coming <laughs> judgment is going to be happening here sooner or later but here's here's the other thing that the same survey has showed that employees they do not expect the leaders to live the core values they just simply don't but they become far more loyal to that company when they do see leaders living the core values of the organization. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is for those people that are watching? You answer that. Why, why do you think is? Why do people become more loyal to those leaders, those organizations that actually live their values day in and day out, that consistency? That why, What do you think that is, Rich? Because it's contagious. Good leadership is contagious. Is contagious when people see people doing the things that they value, personally value, like living up to the core values of the organization or their own personal core values. That becomes contagious in, in, in the fact that people want to follow this individual. They want to be like this person. They want and then they start believing the same things this person believes. This company really does have some awesome uh, mission vision and purpose statements and this person is living them I, I think it creates i think that's good i think that's right i also think that it is it creates a, a work environment of predictability 
meaning yes, it's a yes. predictably safe place to work in. Safe place to work in. Yeah. And with that sense of of uh, safety, there's a sense of a couple of things. I think it also emerged. One is you feel comfortable. You're not on edge. Like, what are they going to do today? What are they going to say today? What are they going to get upset about today? That sense of you have a sense of comfortableness. You're just like, I'm, I'm comfortable here. I'm OK about it. And then with that also is that sense of belonging. You know, we're good. We're all good. We're all working here together. There's no weird stuff going on. We've got the core values. Everybody understands them. We're living those. Yes. Sense of belonging and acceptance that come along with it. All those things are huge human needs. They're not little. They are huge. Yes, they are. Well, let's jump into some of these things. And what, what are the core values? You know, what are they? So what, what are core values, Michael? What, what do you feel that the core values in an organization truly are? Well, core values, they come out of the leadership. And they really are a core, uh, they are really are a reflection of the leader or the leader uh, leadership. And, and they are intrinsic to that individual or that group of individuals. Core values aren't something that you aspire to. It's not like I like to one of these days. It'd be really cool if I had that value. It, it's intrinsic to you. You bring it in your gut. That's who it is that you are. And so this is one of the things that HR really needs to really, really, really get, because I think that's why they have a lot of mishires, is that it's like the thing we talked about. You know when your kid's off doing something they shouldn't. It's an instinctive reaction. It's just something inside you goes, something's off here. And so when HR is hiring people, they need to be looking at, you know, not just in terms of the paper trail that they're looking at here, but they also need to be looking at at a more intuitive level about does this person really have the core values of who it is that we are? Yes. And that's why I think they, they, they get screwed up. They get caught up in the paper trail, the resume, all that kind of jazz. But there's a, there's a complete non-sync, a complete misalignment with the core values. Core values, you want to go to a place Rich, where the core values pretty much align up with your core values. Yes. Because if they absolutely. do not, you're going to be like, this has got, they got a great vision here, a great mission, but the core values, you will always be uncomfortable about it. So core values start with the leaders. It comes with who it is that they are. And so when you go to a place where you really like the leadership and the people and the everything, basically to a large extent, it's because you have alignment with your own core values and theirs. Yes. Exactly. So you kind of answered this. Why are they crucial to an organization? Why are they crucial to a company? Why, why are good values really crucial? Why do people get up in the morning and come to work? You know, it's part of that why statement. Why are we here? What's our purpose? What kind of purpose do we have? And how, we're gonna, how are we going to accomplish that purpose? And what are we going to do? It's a guiding light. It's a beacon. Yeah, and it's also it's not only getting for, up and going, it's how you get up and go. And, and, yes. and that sense of, you know, why am I going? Is it just the paycheck, just run out the clock, whatever it is? It's uh, it, it's crucial to the organization because in that, it, you know, they want, you know, organizations want um, their employees to respect them. They want them to uh, to support what it is that they're doing. And they want that sense of loyalty. Now, loyalty tends to be sometimes a one-way street. You're loyal to the king, but that doesn't mean the king's loyal to you, right? Right. There's oh, yeah. a one-way road. What we're really talking about here is is crucial to the to the organization because it is a bond of trust 
that you are creating when you put out that core value and you live that core value. And you're asking all leaders, all levels of, of the organization to get an alignment because that's who it is they are. This is who we are. This is who you know you are as we do this thing that creates the bond. And the bond is a bond of trust. And that bond of trust now creates a two-way loyalty of, I got your back and I know you got my back. It's both sides saying it. It's everybody around you saying it. That's why it's so crucial. Because if people find that they, they're in a right, great place to work and it's a great company, it's got a vision, it's pursuing it, it's getting the work done, it's also bringing the people together in a way that really you know lifts them, encourages them, and, and does all the wonderful things we've been talking about, that is like heaven. That is like the best place in the world to work. That's why it's so, so important because you want people to come to go on, like, this is the best place ever to work. And then they'll put their hearts in it and they will work hard. So who must set these standards? And I think you, you've hit on that as well. Uh, you know, culture, uh, we, we've talked about this, I don't know how many times. And if, if you haven't heard us say this by now, well, listen again, because it comes from the very top the top must set the standards and that has to follow down through communication throughout the company, not only through communication, but by acts of, of following these standards, acting, acting courageously to do it. Yeah. Courageously with integrity, honestly, you know, a sense of duty sense of, you know, this is what we must do. It's in, in the, the transparency of it all, the altruistic, uh, aspects of, you know, we're going to win together. We're going to do this together. We're going to celebrate it together. Those, th those things are just huge. And at a time when there's so many people like grasshoppers, like fleas hopping from this business to that business to da, 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 da. So much of that is driven by, you know, their need to, uh, I don't know what their need is exactly. We don't go into, we go into another time, but you know, there, there used to be a time when you go to work for a company and you stay there. To yeah. stay there because this yeah. was a great company. They treated you well. You worked hard for them and they worked hard for you. That's a whole other place. And, and if you got a company that's like that, boy, that's a real that's a real gem out there. That's it's a, pretty it's pretty rare company. nowadays. It really is. It is. Uh-huh. So we're gonna get into this next slide, but I'm gonna ask you the question here before you do. What happens when leaders do not follow the values of an organization? Let me ask you this question. Um, there's going to be people out there that have experienced that wow. and some probably we all have to some degree or another. What happens when you're married to somebody or you're really, really close in a relationship with somebody? It's uh, it's a, it's an intimate relationship. And then you find out that they went and cheated on you. Yeah. It's crushing. At some level, it's just crushing. They say this, they do this, and all of a sudden they go make a deal with somebody else or they do this other thing. You were bringing up an example here a few moments ago. It is crushing. It is, and, it, and, it, and it, it, it hurts. It is shocking. It is just simply crushing. And the people that are doing that kind of stuff in those leadership positions, when they fall out of integrity, and they do not, they for some reason, excuse themselves from keeping the core values. Well, this time we'll change it, or this for this reason. Man, I'm telling you, this sends reverberations not only through the whole organization, it sends reverberations throughout every individual that's there. It is brutal. It is yes. not a fun time. There is no such thing, I'll give you an example, there is no such thing as an open marriage. No. 
If you no. if anybody says, well, we're in an open marriage, that is a freaking lie. Because someone in that marriage, somebody is going on have, you know, having a great time and the other person is set themselves up for ongoing abuse. That's what absolutely this is the same kind of thing because it affects people in the same physiological way. It is a kind of abuse that you're inflicting on those people that work for you. Absolutely. You know, here's the thing too. Uh, you know, there's been some pretty big examples of when leaders of organizations don't follow the core values and look at, look at companies like Enron Worldcom. You know, if, if you remember what happened there, yeah. I mean, they took they took the employees' money and squandered it and lost everybody's savings. Their retirement was gone. Their 401ks were gone. You know, that's what happens when you have leaders that don't live the core values. That, I mean, that's a pretty pretty drastic example, but those things did happen. So they do. It's it's an act of treachery, is what it yeah. is. Yep. So here's some we're gonna go through some examples here, Michael of some failed values. So the first one here is innovation. So the value is innovation, but yet management continually stifles any ideas other than theirs. How often have we heard this? Yeah. Yeah. Innovation sounds like a really cool buzzword in, in our in our yeah. society, our culture, our workplace today. Innovation is very, very cool. It is a very high level of cooperation and trust yeah. that exists. Uh, because until you're really willing to really share and involve yourself in that level of new thinking, uh, new processing, uh, yeah. you're kind of stuck. So if you're saying what you're really saying is we believe in innovation, but so long as it doesn't threaten us in management, so yes, long you know, threaten us in leadership. We or are an innovative. Yeah, we are an innovative company. And when I say we, I really mean us. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you I mean me. Yeah. So I may say no to that, a, a dumb idea, but then what, two to three weeks later, it comes out, we have this great new idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I've seen a lot of that lately, quite frankly. Yeah. What they, a rat. They, yeah, take your ideas and run with it. Yeah, our, you know, we had uh, our management team just came up with this. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's, an, here's another one. The value is honesty. But yet sales is told to promise features of products not yet developed. Oh, man. If Michael, I, I was just ta talking about this. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to tell the, the <clears throat> company or the person that I, I know that's involved in this right now. It's an individual I know that's very close to retirement. But yet they were told to go out and sell this product. And it was a new product. It was very innovative, going back to the innovation thing, very innovative and something the customers were really going to be happy about. And they sold the heck out of it, sold the heck out of it. OK. And then the company came back and told their salespeople, look, the supply chain, we're just not going to get this stuff. We don't know when we're going to get it. But let the customers know that we're not going to refund their money. They're going to be they're on the hook for this. Until we can get them, get this, get it all sent to us, and then we can get it out to them. The problem is, they knew beforehand there was a supply chain issue. Senior management knew there was a supply chain issue and told salespeople to go out and do this. Well, this individual that I know has worked for the company for a couple of decades. 
and now is going to retire early or considering retiring early and because he doesn't want to go back to his customers who he's had for years and tell them this news, which is incredibly dishonest. And that goes back to serious greed and, and dollar signs. That and desperation. And des it's an act of desperation, absolutely. And if, if you look down the if you look down the road here, this is not only that, you know, the greed and the money and the desperation. This is actually an act of, of cannibalism. They are cannibalizing now their own people. They're cannibalizing their own uh, uh, their customers. That's what they're doing. I don't have the money to keep my business going. Therefore, I'm going to cannibalize, present to you. I've got this new line of products coming out, but I really don't. And I know I don't have them done. So therefore, I'm going to suck it out of you. I'm going to cannibalize you. And if we make it, we get lucky, we do that. And then hopefully we can repair those bridges. But at some level, they're going, we're just desperate and we got to do what we got to do to exist, even if that means that we're going to screw you over. Yeah. Cannibalism. That's There's no other way to describe it. Here's a, here's another really good one. The value is teamwork. Okay. It's one of our core values. But yet slackers allow others to carry the load. Now, uh, Michael, I'm going to let you talk about this, but it's this comes from a really good article. Some of these things by Sherry Lyons that was in uh, – She's part of the Forbes. Uh, she's a Forbes council member. Yeah, it's good stuff. And, uh, you know, so I'll, I'll let you go into that. She talks about bad apples. Yeah, bad apples are a real problem. Uh, Daniel Coyle in his book, uh, Culture Code, talks about the need to, to address uh, rotten apples that they very quickly, yeah. you know, turn a small team, even a, a large team uh, very, very quickly. And if you're letting people get away with stuff that they shouldn't, uh, what happens is not only does the rest of the team have to carry their load, but at some point the, lead, the rest of the team goes, we're not going to do it anymore. You know, we're just not going to do it. So yeah. that, that, one, that one individual, that rotten apple, not only brings down the team's performance, but it also now in, it also starts bringing discouragement to all the individual players. And, uh, and it's, it's, it is, it's a rotten, rotten way to go. The thing about it is this. Here's, here's the, the, the thing about this. Is leaders, you have to make sure that people are really trained on the core values and really trained on their jobs and they really know what it is. And you've had, you know, those interviews that said, Do you understand this? Okay, let's hold some accountability here. Let's get this plan put in place so that they really know. Because at some point, if they're not aligning, if they're not changing their behavior and their performance to match what it is you expect, then they probably are. Sometimes they may not understand, but once you walk down that road and explain it, giving them a few chances, then it's like, you have no choice. You just got to, sorry, you can work, you can do whichever, I used to say, say people, you can do whatever you want. That's okay with me. You just can't do it here. You know, yeah, exactly. We had a guest on, on our show a little while ago that, and she talked about this, how she had a great team put together and there was one person who just simply would not, you know, come to the table. Yeah, it was actually two. And they gave them a lot of, yeah, they, she gave them quite a few opportunities, worked with them individually, and it just didn't work. So she made the change. And once she made that change, the rest of the team came, you know, just, it, it blossomed. And they did, did awesome work. Half the time, you know, she was down a little bit, and then she got rid of these others. So they're, they're down to half the size of the team that they originally expected would need to do the work. 
that team half the size doubled what it is that they were doing. Not because they had to, not because they were, she was, you know, whipping them, because they were so free. They felt so yeah. motivated because they got rid of the rid of the dead wood of the rotten apples. They just took it to town. They were yeah. amazing. That's what happens when you free people up. Right. Exactly. So simply stated, what we just talked about, these values, they have no meaning if leaders do not have the courage to uphold the value statements, uphold the values. And mm -hmm. courage is an important, incredibly important part of leadership. And that's what we're going to talk about right now for just a minute. Yeah, so how to exemplify these core values? The first one is really through courageous action. Are you, are you, do you have the courage enough to stand up to, uh, to making sure you can individually hold up these core values as a leader, your company's core values, not only the company organizational values, but your personal values as well. And I like the definition. I, 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 right now I don't recall who said it, but courage is doing the right thing, even though you're afraid. Yes. Yeah. It's the right action in the face of fear. Yeah. That's what it is. And I, I've also been told, you know, stand up for, you know, the right thing, even if you're the only one standing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so taking pride in what you do, this is, this is important, Michael. And I want to unpack this a little bit because there's a couple of different parts of pride. Pride can come across as being egotistical, um, stubborn, arrogant, uh, one-sided. But on the other side of the coin, the positive side of pride comes with time. And you have to earn it. So I, I want to say that again and make sure people understand the difference. Positive pride, taking pride in what you do, cannot be faked. And it comes with time. It comes with success. It comes with getting the, the succeeding in the right things. Uh, that's, that's important. Positive pride is earned. It's earned. And it's, it's, yeah. it's this positive pride accumulates and becomes contagious and so with each successful outcome, the, as you exemplify these core values, integrity, innovation, honestly, teamwork, on and on and on. All, we've seen all these different core values and, and things that people say. When you truly take pride in what you're doing, real pride, that is earned. It takes time. And it's not something that can be faked. And it's, it's, it's a healthy pride versus an unhealthy pride. Yes. Healthy yeah. pride is tied into like the narcissism stuff and selfishness and greed and avarice and all the kind of crazy stuff. Pride has, healthy pride has a couple of other elements that I think are really, really important to, to mention here. One is humility. Yeah. Even though that person has done a great job, they're always open. They're, you know, I, I've not arrived. I'm still learning. I'm still practicing. I'm still getting better at what it is that I do, whatever that might be. The other one is modesty. That's yes. a big one, modesty. So you're not taking it all to yourself. It's it's not that you're denying it. You're just, you know, you're just being, I guess, gratitude would kind of go along with it as well. You know, that yeah, sense yeah. of gratitude and humility and modesty. Those are, those are invaluable character traits in a leader or even in a worker. Yeah. They're very attractive. Yes, it is. I mean, it's it's something that really exemplifies true leadership. True leaders have 
a pride in what they do, a true pride in what they do, positive pride in what they do. And it's not arrogance. Right. You, you listen to great athletes, for instance. I mean, you know, there's a great game that you just pitched today or, you know, this is the third time you've gotten, you know, two home runs or three home runs. That's just really great. It's always very interesting how they start unloading. Well, you know, we got to play the game. game. We've got to, you know, my, got a great coach here, great fans. They always move it off of them. Yep. And they say thank you. And then they they, they pull it out there to everybody else. That That's, that's healthy pride. Because yeah. it doesn't give you a big head. It doesn't distort you in thinking that you're all that. So the so we're really talking about, you know, what's the difference in some ways? Some ways about being a healthy person, not just a healthy leader or healthy healthy employee, but you know, being a healthy person versus one that's yeah. Yeah, exactly. Issues. So passion. Passion. Having passion in what you do, do you truly have passion in and what it is that you're doing at work, the, the type of work you're doing, uh, the people you work with, you know, seeing them progress and get better. It, passion is important because without passion, you're just going through the motions. And that becomes very evident. Yeah, passion is a two-sided coin. Because on one side of passion, it's like, you know, passion is where a lot of the juice is like, oh, man, I'm just feeling it today. Unfortunately, we're human beings and passion, because it is an emotion, it is a state of mind. It varies. Sometimes we're up with it a lot. Sometimes we're not. So it's kind of this back and forth kind of thing. The other side of the coin of passion is self-discipline. Yes. And that's a big key, because if you are good at the self-discipline, even if the moment you're not feeling the passion, if you kick in your self-discipline, the passion will start coming back, you know? And so when you're in the passion part of it, then the self-discipline is there to making sure that you're just doing it the way that, you know, you know, it's got to be done. So passion is something that sometimes is evasive. You can have commitment, but often what cranks the engine over is the self-discipline. Right. And that it, sometimes it has to be manually applied again. <laughs> yes, it does. It really does. You, you, that's right. You got to get. You got to kick yourself in the butt and get back in the in the groove. It's true, man. Yeah. So executing with precision. You know, this is this is important. If you think, man, you know, how do you execute with precision? Heart surgeons. You know, you, you think about a heart surgeon or a brain surgeon or somebody like that, and they really have to execute their job with precision, right? Yeah. But what about just just stand, typical leaders in regular organizations? And I'm not I don't say regular just because there's you know there's a different. But in in a typical organization, what about the leaders that are executing with precision? There's a difference, you know, between getting caught up in perfectionism and somebody who has a very high standard like precision or excellence. Yes. And and the precision gives you a goal to aim for. Yeah. Perfectionism is one of those things that you can never quite ever get it exactly all the time, just exactly. But but the idea of precision and I'm going to do my job with a level of real intent and excellence yeah. that allows that precision to come into play. That's uh, that's good self management because it keeps your it keeps your eye on the ball, it keeps you present, keeps you accountable, all those kinds of things. So precision is is really very important. And uh, and and then to teach that to others to pass it on in a way that they get it. And it's not something you beat them with. Sometimes, you know, 
know, perfectionism or the kind of exactitude stuff can kind of kind of a, a kind of a weapon that you beat people with. Right. You know, it's interesting that, you know, I've been reading this book lately. My, my latest book I've been reading is, is Atomic Habits. Right. Wonderful book. And he in, in the first couple chapters, the, the author really points out that it's not about the goal is the reward, but that's not the, that's not what get, the is the important part of this. The important part is the processes that get you to that goal. Because the goal is just a momentary reward, really is. You got to keep going on beyond that goal, and it's it's what you learn with these processes and develop these habits around these processes, and that gets you that reward. And when you do it with precision, when you really focus in on these processes that get you to a certain point, and you start doing it with precision, that and then it's like bam. Matter of fact, he even uses that word in the book. Bam, here's a reward. You know, you, you suddenly realize that you, you've done it. How did you truly do that? Well, it comes with that precision, that focus. And that can be individual. That can be a team. That can be in whatever uh, aspect you're working with. But when you really focus in on the precision, focus on the process, focus on the process at hand, uh, you know, that's going to get you to that end goal, which really isn't the end. It's just simply a goal. It's just a data point in that line. You got to keep going on beyond that. But it's it's those processes are going to take you further and further and further, you know, down that road. It's it, it goes back to the practice. The process and practice are, are really you know very much connected. We talked about this before. I remember Elton John talking about these new bands that were coming out a while ago, and 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 they, the bands really never went out and played, but they did all their music in studio. And he said, you know, that's not how it's really done. You've got to go out there and you got to play the bars. You got to play the, you know, the not so great places, the dives. You know, you just go out there and get an audience and then play and play and play because that's where you really fine tune your music. That's where you get the precision of how, how to do your music so yeah. that when you go into the studio, because you've got all that practice and all that reworking of the music and the instruments again and again and again and again, then when you go into the studio, you can really lay it down. Now, what's interesting about that, some bands, once they lay that down, they will deliver that every time they go out again on tour. They'll do it exactly like it is on the record. Then there are those other bands. And then some bands are just really sloppy because they, you know, the studio just edited the crap out of it to make it sound good. Yep. But there's other bands that know how to deliver it, but they don't stay there. They will go out. Now they will start, you know, uh, you know, just doing things spontaneously. They'll just start going to different places because they know what it is and because they know what it is and they're so good at it, they now can create. So that's what you're saying. Just because you got to the data point there, doesn't mean you stop. You keep moving beyond it. Right. That's what real excellence is. Yep. So an accountability, I think this is really the key to be, hold yourself accountable. And not only that, hold others around you accountable for, for living these core values. Yeah. So and here here in the end, I, I guess, you know, what do you want your legacy to be remembered for? For someone that is really true to yourself, true to what you try to teach others or as a do what I say, not what I do guy or gal? Hey, one way or another, you're going to have a legacy. I mean, there's no way around it. 
people yeah. are gonna think of you of like you're a wonderful leader, a person who really made a difference in my life, or yeah, it's okay to work there, or something like that. that was the worst boss I ever had. Yeah, you're gonna get it one way or the other. You just have to determine, you know, in that vision of your mind, how do you want to be remembered? So if you want to be remembered as that one that really made a difference that, you know, for the company, for the individuals, for the team, yeah. all that kind of stuff, want to be that one, then do it today, not someday. Do it today. Today. Which brings us to the end here. So are you right person for leadership? And do you have the courage to perform with pride, passion, and precision, what we talked about, which takes a lot of courage to do those? Do you possess the inner beliefs and strengths to uphold not only your values, but those of the organization? And do you understand what a true leader is? And if not, come see us. Yeah. What does it mean to be a true leader to you? What's the real leader inside of you? Um, you know, there's a lot of talk these days about talent. The talent is... Um, you know, that some I think in some ways they're kind of wanting to play talent down because it's really the potential, the hard work that really makes a difference. They're absolutely true. I, I am also convinced that there are people that have leadership talent. They have it. And there's those that do not. They just don't have it. It's not in them. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just happens to be that's not their talent. And All that's right. cool. That's okay. But that's the thing. If you've got talent, if you really believe you've got talent and leadership, then uh, it behooves you to get the best kind of training you can possibly get. The people out there, whether in you know music or sports or whatever it is that's out there that we see people performing at a very high level of real delivery on what it is they do. They have had coaches. They have had mentors. They've had people work with them. They had the talent but they didn't rely on the talent alone and some work. They they learned how to stretch themselves, go to places that were uncomfortable and difficult. Yes. And that's why they're able to perform at the level they do because they push themselves and they had somebody to push them yeah. and hold them accountable. That's what we do here. It sounds like we're torturing people. And sometimes it is a little bit like that, but it's, it's all for the good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah. So, uh, and you're right. And it takes, is, there's due diligence involved, Michael, due diligence, <laughs> all above due diligence, and it takes time. So I'll tell you what, go to executiveleadersatilec.com. Then you can sign up for our, our new uh, newsletter that is going out. So we just started uh, sending that out. Uh, there's an online leadership assessment you can take on there that will really help you determine, you know, if you, you feel you're a great leader, take this. And you a sense of where you are. I mean, that's absolutely. pretty cool. And, you know, make an appointment with us. That that leadership uh, assessment, that's go to go to the about page, go down to, to click on Rich, and it's down at the bottom of that page of, where it talks about Rich and what it is that he's doing. Yeah. So, that's and here's, a, here's the thing. And if you want to just call us outright, here's my number, 801-835-3535. Pretty simple number. Same with Michael's, 801-910-5704. Yeah. Call us. Pretty simple. Call us. Yeah. 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 Operators are standing by. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go out for it. Which would be us. Oh, yeah. We'd be the operators, right? We're the operators. Yeah, we're operating we're operators. here. <laughs> so anybody, any shout outs tonight, Michael? You know, I have been busy getting my computer back up and going. However... Let's take a look here real quickly 
if I can log in real quickly. Um, who could we take a look at and say yo to? Uh, I know there's we've got we've got some listeners in Germany. I know for for a fact for, back, for a fact. Let's see, Frankfurt. Dedicated, yes. Frankfurt. I think we talked about that before. We talked about uh, some people in in England. Uh, here's one I don't know if I've ever seen before. Farquay Varina. We talked about Farquay Varina in North Carolina. Interesting. Okay. Sounds a little familiar. So a shout out to all you good folks out there in Portland, Maine, Michigan, uh, Port Huron, and. Can I keep those cards and letters coming in, folks? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thank you. So once again, we are at the end of another um, episode of Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. And so until next time, take care of each other. And we hope to hear from you soon. All right, folks. All the best to you. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide will help to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.